For those of you who all don't know me, my name is Brett Williams. I'm the director of IT here on staff at Crossings. Um, so I'm honored that uh, Bill is, uh, has allowed me to, uh, to, to teach this, this lesson today. He is at a conference, but he will return next week. Um, be sure to uh, sign in back there or text uh, challenge. I would prefer texting over the roster. I think Michael thinks the other way around, but um, I'm the IT guy, right? So I want everything electronically. <laughs> um, this week, um, we're, we're not going to go as deep as we did last week. Last week was the father wound. Um, I know we touched on some really uh, uh, interesting um, information, some, some deep conversation there. Uh, and it was about how the, our father had shaped us, whether it was good, bad, or indifferent, right? The, they had some kind of impact on the, the men that we are today. So, <clears throat> but next week, we're going to talk about the mother wound. And then the following week, there will be, um, we'll do the, we're going to combine the broken view and soul um, wound. <clears throat> that will conclude for... This session will pick back up in January. We'll take a, the break off for Thanksgiving and Christmas. So today I get the privilege to talk about loneliness. I will try to make it light. Uh, it's going to be, um, I'm, I'm going to make it a little bit more uh, around not just loneliness, but friendship as well. So what I want you to think about is when you were younger, whenever you were a child, whether elementary school, even maybe even middle school, high school, right? There was this time where you look forward to getting out with other friends, right? Running the neighborhood, whether it was uh, meeting for baseball practice, basketball, soccer, whatever it was, you always wanted to try to be in community, right? And socialize with those friends. You couldn't wait, right? You remember your parents saying, hey, not until you get your homework done. And so you'd rush through it just so you can get out and be with your friends. Um, you know, today, as we get older, we start thinking about, and we start looking at, we get busier, right? And then we cannot, um, we don't make time to, to do that thing, right? So a recent study that I found said that 50% of the U.S. population is lonely, Another study that I found said that three out of four people would consider themselves lonely. That's, that's pretty, pretty stark. That's 75% of people would consider themselves lonely. Right? Millennials age 23 to 38. So majority of people in this room, 30% of them say they often feel lonely. And 22% of those people, of those millennials, say they have zero friends. No friends. I couldn't even imagine that. <clears throat> and last statistic for right now, the average man is, has one close friend, can say he has one close friend. In a society today when we are more connected by technology than ever before, but we feel so disconnected than ever before. Why is that? 
that's just um, it, it, it really is kind of heartbreaking for me <clears throat> then you got to ask yourself okay is it a technology issue right do we have too much technology uh, being the guy in the IT field I don't you know there's times that I think uh, it, technology is not always the answer right but or is it a poor time management on average, men spend two hours a day on social media. And you think about all the unlimited streaming possibilities you have out there. You have Netflix, you have Hulu, you have all the HBOs and, and, and ESPNs, and everything is on demand. You can watch anything every second of the day if you want. <clears throat> Any, there's, there's really no reason for us to leave our homes anymore either, right? So we can have everything delivered straight to our house. You know, you can go to the finest restaurant, but you can have it delivered to your house. DoorDash, Postmates, you name it, Uber Eats, whatever, right? They'll deliver it right to you. Gourmet meal. You need to build something at the house, Lowe's, Home Depot, they all deliver. What about time constraints on yourself, on the scheduling time constraints on your family? Now, I know you guys are, uh, uh, you know, probably like me. I love spending time with my family. I love spending time with my kids. But sometimes my wife and I feel like we are more of a chauffeur service than we are a supportive parent. Running them to baseball or dance, cheer, whatever we want to do, whatever they want to do, we try to um, accommodate but we do that at the expense of running crazy, right? And never spending time for ourselves to invest in ourselves. So name that. What it, what is that for you? What is it? What is it for you? What is your? Is it technology? Is it time? Time constraints? <clears throat> Guys need other guy friends. It's it's plain and simple. We need we need guy friends. I can easily. Go home from work and just sit on the couch. And all I want to do is just hang out with my, my family or watch a sporting event. But not in the same, not, not together, right? Because they don't watch sporting events as well as I do, right? <laughs> so um, it's always got to be separated. <clears throat> but I don't want to go out to eat. I don't want to do anything. I just want to hang. I mean, there are nights that I want to. I want to go out. But more times than not, it doesn't line up when, when my wife wants to go out, right? So, for those of you who are married or have a, have a serious relationship, uh, your spouse cannot be your only friend, right? And then this, uh, in, t- in today's world, there's, there's many times that we look up and, you know, you, you say, hey, my wife's my best friend, my girlfriend's my best friend. Well, that's great. That's the way it needs to be, but they can't be your only friend. You know, there's, there's things you, have, you want to talk to other guys about, that's not beneficial to talk to your wife about, right? And I, and I don't know about you. I've made the mistake of talking to my wife about things that I probably shouldn't have talked to her about that. I probably talk, should have talked to other guys about, right? Um, there could have been a, you know, a struggle or, or some kind of accountability that you're looking for. You, wives and kids do not make good accountability partners. I just, I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
a few summers ago, my wife and I, we were, uh, we were trying to get back and get into a shape um, besides pear. Uh, we were trying to get in shape to uh, go on a beach vacation with our family. And I already think my wife is, is beautiful, right? I, I think every man in here says, you know, my wife's beautiful and they wouldn't change anything about her. But she was like, hey, let's, let's work out. Let's get this going. And, and, and I was like, okay, that sounds great. Um, she's always been really encouraging uh, to me whenever uh, she wants me to work out. She always drops hints like, hey, your four-pack is now a keg. You need to make that a, you know, a little bit. I've never had a six-pack, but, you know, four-pack, yes. But she always lets me know when my gut's gotten too big. And so... I took this opportunity to kind of encourage her the very same way she encouraged me. And you all know how this goes. You know, you say it and the words just keep flowing. You're like, come back. What are you doing? And it didn't end up so well. So, um, so wives do not make good accountability partners, just so you know, especially on working out. Another recent study, uh, as I was doing research for this lesson, or a recent study that I found was that it takes 90 hours of time with someone to even consider them a friend, a real friend. 90 hours. It takes 200 hours for them to be considered a close friend. Now, I know you guys are sitting there, okay, hey, when are we going to start talking about Scripture? Right now. So in 2 Samuel 23, 8 through 39. Here's the Scripture. I'm not going to read it, but here's where the Scripture talks about David and his mighty men. David's mighty men were a total of 37 guys. Now, these guys were the best of the best warriors. They were the baddest guys around. They were... In modern times, they would be equivalent to, say, SEAL Team 6. I mean, no one could best them, right? And you think about that in biblical times. Do you think David spent at least 200 hours with these men? I'd probably say he spent years with these men, right? They were doing battle with each other within um, other countries, other, other areas, facing insurmountable odds. And I'm pretty sure they had an unbreakable trust with each other, right? I, I, would, I, would, I would say that uh, David had to trust these men with not only his life, but also trust these men with the lives of the people that looked up to David, Right? So, how, how do you get to be consideration for, to be part of this mighty men, right? These mighty men of David. How were they? Well, to can be considered, you had to have these three characteristics. You had to have courage, loyalty, and wisdom. Wouldn't it be awesome to be known as a, one of those, those mighty men? Or when people look at you and they go, hey, that's a man of courage, loyalty, and wisdom. I look up to that guy. <clears throat> I 
Now this part I am I'm taking from a, a, another source and I've kind of massaged it a little bit to, to, to fit um, kind of what I think the five types of friend every man should have. And the first one is the mentor. Proverbs 9, 9 says, instruct, to the, instruct the wise and they will be even wiser. Teach the righteous and they will learn even more. As, as not only men, but I think people in general, but specifically men, we need to be looking for mentors in every area of our life. Right? Every season of life, we should have a mentor of some kind. Someone that's been through some things that uh, maybe we're not going through yet. Maybe someone's got some older kids and you've got younger kids. Right? You need to you'd be reaching out to those guys and um, asking if they could mentor you on how to, if you see someone that has a godly marriage, you want to ask them, hey, how did you get that godly marriage? Um, <clears throat> not only should you be looking for someone to mentor you, you have some life experiences too, right? There's been many times, guarantee every one of us has been kicked in the stomach, right? <laughs> and you've learned some lessons and you're like, okay, hey, I wish someone would have taught me that or I wish someone would have told me this. So not only do you need to find a mentor, you need to find someone to mentor. It just helps you grow as a person or an individual, even a Christ follower. Proverbs 13:20 says, "Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get into trouble." Now, I could honestly probably spend the entire hour talking about mentorship. It's something I'm very passionate about. Um, uh, there's one story that comes to mind is uh, <clears throat> there's a season of life when I worked for an oil and gas company, and I was in IT, and I had the privilege of supporting the executive team. And one of the executives was a senior vice president and legal counsel of this oil company. And I was, and I was in my mid-20s and didn't know much about mentorship, didn't know much about leadership. So I read a book and it just said, hey, go ask. So I asked this guy, I said, hey, can I buy you lunch? And that's kind of funny because he probably made four times, five times what I did at the time, right? So it's like, hey, can I buy you lunch and talk to you about where did you get, um, or how did you get to where you are now, right? What, did, what steps did you take? You know, you know I want to learn from you. Now, I will tell you, in that time, it was, it was for a different reason. I wanted to climb the corporate ladder, right? But I look back now, and I'm like, you know, he taught me so much about leadership. He taught me about corporate environment, corporate politics, right? The good and the bad, right? I asked him one time if I could buy him lunch. We met for an entire year every other week, and he bought my lunch every time. And he was excited for our time. I didn't have to keep asking him, hey, are we meeting? Are we meeting? It was boom. Hey, when are, he was asking me, are we meeting? So you need to find a mentor like that. <clears throat> the next one I like to call the wingman, pal, buddy. You can call it what you want. This guy is the charismatic guy. 
He takes the pressure off you um, when you're in social environments. He's the guy that he doesn't let you forget who you used to be or let you forget about your interest and your friends. Um, He's there... And he's, he, he's always reminding you, okay, these were the hobbies. Remember your, these hobbies we used to do together? Or you remember, hey, you told me you used to like to do this stuff. Why don't you do this anymore, right? This is the guy that's always pushing you to get out of the house, right, and have a life. Whether it's going to a sporting event together or just sitting on a fishing pond or hanging out at the house watching TV, this guy reminds you how to have fun. And it's okay to have fun. The Bible even tells us it's okay to have fun. Ecclesiastes 8.15 says, So I recommend the enjoyment of life, for there is nothing better on earth for a person to do except to eat, drink, enjoy life. So joy will accompany him in his toil during the days of his life, which God gives him on earth. Sometimes when you're really stressed out, it's always nice to go to someone else's house that's having a, a get-together, a barbecue or something, and just kind of relax, you know, and you, you, re- you have to remember that feeling, right? Now, the, the drink and joy of life he's talking about here, we're not talking about, you know, bachelor parties or ragers or anything like that. He's, he's talking about enjoying people's company and enjoying life, right? That's what, that's what it's talking about there. <clears throat> A friend of mine, him and his uh, high school buddies, for the last 21 years now, the second weekend in June, they know they are meeting at this lake, and if you can make it, great. If you can't, no problem, no questions asked. It's on the calendar, and it has been on their calendar from after they left high school to this day. And it's it's just one of those things that it takes the guesswork out of it. They just know. It takes the scheduling out of it. They know the second week in June, we meet at this lake. And sometimes that's the, that's the only time they see each other throughout the entire year. Other times, you know, they, they, some of them, they see each other more often than that. But many of them, that's the, first, that's the only time they see each other. But it's like it just clicks, right? They just pick up where they left off. They catch up really quick. They hang out. They throw the football around, talk about their kids now and 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 you know work but also talk about their hobbies they talk about you know reminisce the good days i guess you would say it says ecclesiastes 4 9 through 10 will bring us to the next guy and it is the handyman look two people are better than one if one person falls the other can reach out and help him. But for someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Now this is the handyman and he is he's the guy that he's not just handy with tools, right? He's handy, he's he's kind of had some life lessons. He kind of knows what um Maybe a jack of all trade, master of none. Everyone's heard of that, right? That's this guy, right? He knows a little bit of everything. What kind of TV you should get, right? He's like, oh, yeah, I've done this research. Or, you know, uh, 
what kind of stocks you should buy. Probably shouldn't listen to that guy, but <laughs> yeah. But he has practical tips that you know he's kind of he's he's kind of he's kind of street smart, right? He he knows some things, and and you you have to kind of gauge what he tells you, right? And take it for your own, and whether or not you're going to use it or not. But every every guy should have a handyman, you know, especially whenever it comes to remodeling your house, landscaping. It's always nice to have one of those guys also to help you out. All right, this next one is, it's called the fitness buff. The fitness buff is, this is the guy that is kind of like a personal trainer. He's a guy that always talks about the latest diets, the latest, you know, you know, uh, physical activity he's doing. Um, he's, he makes a really good accountability partner, right? This is not your wife, right? This is not your girlfriend. This is a guy that's not afraid to get in your face and say, hey, you really need to start taking better care of your body, right? He needs to, you need to start, you need to start taking care of your body and mind and soul, right? He's like, hey, you need to be getting in the scripture, right? You need to be engaged with other guys in either a, a workout regimen. So I did jujitsu for a little over 10 years until I got hurt with my shoulder. And there, I loved it. I loved everything. I still love it. I still miss it. Um, the, one of the reasons that I was so consistent when I was going was this guy named TJ. And he was, he was a great guy. He would always motivate me. Uh, he wasn't afraid to call me out when I skipped a class because, um, you know, sometimes there was pretty legit reasons, and he still called me out because I'd be like, "Hey, my daughter had this recital," and he go and he would call me out. I was like, "Wait, wait a second, man! You got kids too, <laughs> so you understand this how this works." Um, but there would be times he'd call me out when he knew I wasn't training hard enough. Right? He would he would be pushing me the entire time. Um, I don't see TJ much uh, anymore. Um, you know, just uh, seasons of life, right? He's he's leading his uh, a Bible study, and they go to a little bit different. They go to a different church now, um, but every time I run into him, he asks me, "Hey, man, when are you going to come train again?" Man, I miss training with you. When do you come? When do you come to train? And as soon as I open my mouth to say an excuse, he calls me a wuss. <laughs> right? So that's the kind of that's the kind of fitness guy you need. You know, he call he just calls me out every time. I just laugh, and I'm like, okay, yeah, all right, I own it, but, <laughs> all right, so this next guy is my favorite, this is the comrade, the ride or die for life guy, right, every one of us, if you are one of these guys that only has the one friend, right, this has to be your one friend, the comrade in the Webster's Dictionary, it says an intimate friend or associate. There's another one in there. It talks about a soldier um, uh, comrade, uh, someone that you, you do battle with, right? I think, about, I think about David and his mighty men. His men were comrades, right? This is someone that they, you spend a lot of time with. This is the guy that you can call at 2 a.m. for whatever reason, right? 
whether you can't sleep, you had a fight with your wife, right? You've, you know, done some things you probably shouldn't have. This is the guy that's no questions asked. He knows you. He knows your heart. He knows your soul. He knows your family dynamics. And that's super important, right? Because dynamics of families actually affect who we are, our friends also. And, and this guy knows your highs and lows. I think Proverbs says it best, and Proverbs 18.24 says, A friend is closer than a brother. I know some of y'all can maybe resonate with that. I mean, I've got two brothers and a sister, and we're close. But I will tell you that as we get older, right, my, some of my friends are closer than my family. I prefer doing Thanksgiving with some of my friends than I do with my family, right? <laughs> and David had this with his men. David had this with Jonathan. In 1 Samuel 20:17 it says, "And Jonathan loved David as his own life. The soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David." That's another little fun story. Um, I encourage everyone to to read it in more detail, but 2 Samuel 23:13 through 16. This talks about David's mighty men. He had three guys that were like, you know, all the mighty men were the baddest, right? But these three guys were like the coaches, the teachers of the baddest. So they were top notch. And so David's talking about being thirsty. And he's talking about there's this well in Bethlehem that I would love to have some water from. Y'all know this kind of, I know this kind of resonate with you. When you go out of town and you're a couple states away, and you know that Brahms doesn't deliver that far, or there's not a Brahms, and you're like, gosh, I really would like some Brahms ice cream right now. Or maybe In-N-Out burgers, right? Everyone goes to California, they have an In-N-Out burger. You get back here, and you're like, gosh, I really wish I had an In-N-Out burger here, right? But they don't. It's kind of a similar thing, right? So this is David's hometown. He knew that there's this well that had the best drinking water, and he was behind enemy lines, and he was like, gosh, if I could just have a drink of that water. So these three men, his comrades, right, risked their life and broke behind enemy lines to get David a drink of water. That's pretty, that's, that's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy that he would have these men in his life that would be willing to do that just for a drink of water, right? There's more behind that story. That's just the, the top of it. But I encourage you to, to read through that. It's a, it's, a, it's a fascinating story about camaraderie. <clears throat> so now we know what types of friends we need. We know, you know, these types of friends should be in our life. Chances are most of, these, most of you have these friends in your life or have had them in your life at one time. But how do we, how do we, get, how do we get these friends back in our life? The how's twos. <clears throat> we have to be intentional, right? As men, we have to be extremely intentional for friendships. We have 
so many other priorities in our life that's pulling our, whether it's family, our kids, right, our aging parents. We have, you know, our jobs. Things are, are pulling on our time. We have to be intentional about building these friendships, right? You have to pick up the phone. You have to send a text message. And you have to invite people to hang out. Right? You have to be that person. My wife thinks it's funny, but she also doesn't like it. <laughs> but I'm really good about sending a text message when, I'm, when you're on my mind. And if I'm thinking of, if, if you've popped in my mind, I feel like God's put you in my mind for a reason. And it might be just for me to say, hey, how's your week? Hey, how can I pray for you? You know, what are you doing this weekend? Right? Just a quick text message. It takes you 30 seconds or less to send a text message. Right? <clears throat> Those of you maybe who haven't read this book, I, I strongly encourage you. It's How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. You can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can in two years by trying to get other people interested in you. This is a, a fantastic book. Um, I, I reference it a lot. It's a, it, it works, right? You have, to, you have to be intentional with your time. The next one, this, uh, this last piece is you have to be vulnerable. And as guys, I know that we, we don't like to be vulnerable. But that's where the depth of friendships come, when you're vulnerable. <clears throat> Those of you maybe have heard of Brene Brown. She's a vulnerability expert and author. And it... When we talk about masculinity and femininity, right, as men and women grapple with new definitions and forms of masculinity and femininity, now have a rare opportunity to create new cultures, norms around authenticity and vulnerability, the keys to building social connection. She has done hours and hours and hours of research on this. When we allow ourselves to be seen... When we admit our fears and our self-doubts, for example, we connect with others in turn and give them permission in sharing our fears and insecurities, we find true friendship. Right. So life is, you know, uh, like, like the Bible says, just a, it's a vapor, right? We don't need fake friends, right? We don't need surface friends. I want to do life with friends um, that truly know me that truly care about me, and I'm not afraid to be vulnerable around them. Um, and and I, I, I feel like as we continue to do life together, right, in these small groups here, right, you need to, you know, maybe one of these, one of these types of friends is in this, in this uh, room with us right now with you, right, at your table. So one of the things I, I, I like to say as I wrap up is I want, us to, I want us to strive for camaraderie 
over ordinary friendships. We have about 20 minutes for discussion time. I know we cut your discussion time really short last time, so wanted to give you plenty of discussion time this time. Um, so sit together, talk through these questions, see which type of friends you are, right? And I will call it at 745. And... Thank you for your time. Mm.